Bibles, we're going to 37, Psalms number 37 and verse number 4. Psalms number 37 and verse number 4. Psalms number 37 and verse number 4. Then also grab the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 2 and verse number 1. If you would stand to your feet once you have those two passages of Scripture. We will make our faith declaration today because I want to stir up the devil today. I want to make him mad. I, wanna, I want to disturb his comfortability. He's been resting in your life too long. Amen. So we're going to wake the devil up for the purpose of him. Amen. Feeling uncomfortable today. Some of us have made the devil real comfortable. Hallelujah. Y'all quiet. Amen. The devil hadn't messed with me in a while. That's because he become comfortable in your life. <laughs> Everything good. Everything can't be all good all the time. Amen. Stir him up. Kick his bed. Say, Get up. Amen. You got work to do. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, y'all want to pray like that. Y'all just want an easy life. <laughs> y'all want it easy. Easy like Sunday morning. It is Sunday. It is Sunday. It is Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to our faith declaration on today. Amen. As we get ready to go into the word of the Lord. If you're online today, you can follow along with us. Matter of fact, you ought to stand to your feet and shout it with us this morning. Our faith declaration. And we're doing a lot of jumping back there. I got it from here. Amen. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready and my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. Here's what the word says about you. It says that you are redeemed. Shout out, I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Shout again, no sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Say that to your neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Prophetically proclaim that over your other neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shall I'm blessed to be a blessing? My house is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. Oh, you need to shout that real loud. And my church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's get to the word. We're going to begin in Mark chapter number two. Then we'll go back to Psalms. Mark chapter number two, verse number one. Are you there? Say amen. Amen. Some of y'all sound like y'all still looking. Amen. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They heard. That he was coming home again. 
You see, there are people who say Jesus don't have a home. He has a home. And he's coming home. And the people heard. Oh, well, Jesus was poor and he didn't have nothing. The devil is a lie. He had a house. And he went home. Somebody shout, he's coming home. He's coming home a second time. And it says, as he entered Capernaum again. He's coming through Capernaum again. He's coming home again. And the people heard. I know some of y'all think, well, and the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He's talking about your heart. Foxes and dens have places, but the Son of Man has no place. In other words, they had a home to go to, but his home that he was talking about was the home in your heart. When he declared this, Jesus had a house. Tell your neighbor he had a house. Matter of fact, he had a house large enough to have a whole lot of people in. The people pressed into the house so much so that he couldn't even move that four men. Had to climb up to the roof and tear the roof off to press into Jesus' house because they couldn't get in through the door because there were so many people. Somebody shout he had a house. Ask your neighbor, is his house your home? I, I heard Luther, but I'm going to leave him alone. Amen. <laughs> See, y'all missed that one too, but that's all right. They gathered in such a large number that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. There were so many people in the house that there was no room. So he preached the word to them, even those who were standing outside the door. If we could get to that place, that we won't just walk away because the room is filled, that we'll just stand at the door and get what we need. There's a doorway blessing. Oh, tell your neighbor, there's a doorway blessing. Uh, You got to be tenacious enough to just stand at the door and get what you need. If the line's too long, stay in the line. And if the door closes, just stand at the door and just look through the window. And he preached the word of God to them. Here here it is, uh, Psalms number 37. Amen. It says, take the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If I had time to teach you this one principle alone is that God wants to give you the desires of your heart. But your desires have to be nestled in his desires. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. And amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I've said this to you before time in the past is that so many take this text and they take it out of context. Because if you don't take it in context, then you're left with a con. And with a con, you're fooled. You know a con artist. I know some past con artists. One of which I used to see every day in the mirror. Y'all get that on the way home. Uh, And the job of a con artist is to trick you and to fool you. Is to cause you to see things that are not. To try to trick you and bamboozle you. 
So, so many take this verse out of context. So they say, well, the Lord's going to give me a desire my heart. So if I desire it, God going to give it. It is not so. That's your desire that you want or you're requiring God to give to you. And God is not required to answer to you. Y'all better hear me. So, so you can't just go to call a lot and look and say, oh, I desire a Mercedes. The Lord going to give it to me. What this text says is that God gives you the desire of your heart. So in other words, the thing you desire is the thing that God wants to place there. Are you hearing me? And once God places that desire in your heart, now God is required to fulfill that desire because it's not yours, it's his. He, he's only required to answer to his word, not your word. Are you hearing me? So you have to open yourself up to the desires of God. And when God places there, then he's going to fulfill what he has placed. Can you hear me? So, so Plato, Plato says, uh, he said that human behavior flows from three main sources. Three main sources. Human behavior flows from three main sources. Number one, it flows from your desire. You do what you do because of your desire. When, when, when your desire fills your heart, your behaviors will match that. The, the, the thing that you desire, when it fills your heart, then you're gonna, your behaviors are going to begin to magnify around that desire. If you desire, watch this, ice cream, then you're gonna, your behavior is going to manifest around that desire to have ice cream. You're going to search your fridge. You're going to pull all them peas, frozen peas out. That steak that you bought two years ago from that company that knocked on your door selling steaks from the side of the road. That done been frostbitten and all that. You're going to pull all that out. Why? Because you desire a thing. Your behaviors will match that. If you desire some substance or something of some sorts, your behaviors will line up to that desire. And, and watch this. The Bible says this, as a deer panteth after water, so does my soul pant after thee. See, when you have a desire for God, your soul going to pant for God. Woo, y'all missed that. Your soul going to hunger and thirst for God then your behavior is going to begin to line up with that. You can't wait to get in God's presence. You can't wait to get to God's house. Why? Because your behaviors line up with your desires. Uh, Number two is, uh, Plato said, that all human behavior flows from this source, your emotions. Your emotions. God has created us to be emotional beings. And your behaviors will line up with your emotions. Somebody ever made you mad? Your behavior is going to line up with that emotion. You're going to cuss. You're going to fuss. You're going to kick stuff, throw stuff. Y'all quiet up in here. Y'all act like y'all never had an emotional experience. Somebody talked about me on Facebook, and there you go again. Now you all feeling on Facebook in your feelings. And they weren't even talking about you. Your behaviors will line up with your emotions. And you got to be careful because your emotions, it's, it's a feeling, and feelings are very fickle. Did you hear what I said? Your feelings are very fickle. They'll go up and down. They'll change in and out, just like Louisiana weather. It'll change real quick on you. 
And then your emotions will line up. And then watch this. When your emotions uh, line up, then your behavior is going to line up with that. And now you're out here doing all kind of crazy stuff because of your emotions. Then you're coming back talking about, I'm sorry, I didn't mean all that. You ever had one of those moments? You got in your feelings and your emotions. You had to go and apologize to some people because you got in your feelings. Tell your neighbor, get out your feelings. Don't let your, oh, I thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't let your feelings overrule your faith. Ah. Don't let your feelings overrule, overpower your faith. Don't let your fickle feelings be the determinator factor of what your faith is trying to produce in your life. Be careful. And then thirdly, watch this. Plato said that human behavior flows from this earth, other third place is uh, knowledge. Knowledge. I want to teach for a second. And, uh, but it flows from your knowledge, your experience, what you know of. Your, your, your behaviors will line up with what you know. If you know something of somebody, you have knowledge of them, then your behavior will line up with that knowledge. That's why you got to be careful who you let plant seeds in your ears about other people. Because then your, your, your behavior will line up with that knowledge and then you'll end up treating that people erroneously based off of erroneous data. You'll end up cutting people out of your life who God sent in your life because you heard something about their life and now your behavior is lining up with that and now you are sending off what God is sending in. You got to be careful of the seeds that others plant into your ears, the knowledge, the, the, the places you go about your church. Ah, because then your behavior start lining up. You start missing church one day, then two days and three days. Now it's a month and later it's a year. Why? Because you heard something. Now your behaviors are lining up with what you heard. Tell your neighbor, be careful. Watch this. Every desire must confront the denial of what and who you are. Every desire must first confront what and who you are. So when you have a desire, it comes first. Watch this. When it's not sent from God, it comes to confront what you are and who you are. So when you have this false desire from places not from God, it comes to confront what you are and who you are. The whole purpose of a false desire is to get you out of character. To get you to lose your identity in Christ. Okay, I'm about to talk real good now. Uh, uh, Because see, when you have this false desire, what it comes to do is it comes to pull your, your focus from God. It comes to distract you. Keep you from being who God called you to be, what he called you to be, and who you are in him. Are you hearing me? It's coming to confront who you are. Watch this. If you desire to be free, then you must deny the bondage that is holding you captive. That's why your desire to be free, then you have to deny the thing that's holding you. I want to stop smoking, but you can't deny the cigarettes. Oh, I want to be free from these thoughts, but you keep holding and entertaining these thoughts. I I want to be free from this relationship, but you keep going back. 
Ah, oh, God set you free, and then you go right back to it. The Bible says it this way. It says you're like a dog returning back to its vomit. Somebody shout, that's nasty. You just keep going back. No matter how nasty it is, you keep going back to it. So you have to deny the thing that is holding you. The ropes of depression could be a reminder of your past failures, or it could be a used as a tool to swing into your destiny. I must say that real slow because y'all missed that. Uh, the ropes of your oppression. It could be as one of as a reminder of your past pains, hurts, and failures, or it could be used as a tool for you to swing. I hear Tarzan come in my spirit. <laughs> oh no, it just can't. I know it just me, Tarzan, you, Jane. It, you, you can use those ropes to swing into your destiny or it can be used as a tool to hold you back, held ca- captivity to your past pain. Your desire has to change. Tell your neighbor your desire has to change. So I, I want to shout at you real briefly from the thought, make room. Tell your neighbor, make room. Yeah, you got to make room. You got to make room. Got to make room. In this season, you got to make room. Those old past desires that you had, those things that you want for your life that God does not want for your life, tell your neighbor, make room. You got to make room. You got to clear out the clutter. You got to make room. Tell your neighbor again, make room. Okay, okay, let's go with it. Joshua chapter number three and verse number one. Give you some nuggets on this morning. I am feeling kind of churchy, so. May shout a little bit and run around this place. That says First Kings. Yeah, I heard you. Amen. It does say it's First Kings, but y'all know I'm a roll with it. And the priests could not perform their service because the cloud. Somebody shout the cloud. Because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord. There it is. I can use that. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple. I'm going to stay right there. Uh, For the glory of the Lord filled the temple. In in other words, watch this. God came in and said, I need to make some room. You had your own agenda in your your service, so I had to come in and make some room. Uh, You you had the house filled with with all the people you wanted and all the things you wanted. But when I step in, I need to make some room. Uh, uh, if we can get to a place where we can get to, uh, uh, to, to allow God to come in to make room for himself. Uh, that we don't have to pump and prime the people. We don't have to tell the people to get up and lift their hands. We don't have to tell the people to lay at the altar, to bow and to worship God and, and to give God glory. If we we'll just allow God to come in to make room for himself. Priests could not even do their duties and their responsibilities. Why? Because God stepped in and made room. Tell your neighbor, make room. Yeah, you got to allow God to make room, but there are some blockades that hold you from the presence of God, some roadblocks. Tell your neighbor, there's some roadblocks. So here's the roadblocks. The first one uh, that blocks you from God's presence is uh, the clamor of the past. The clamor. The sounds, the tinkling, the the banging of your past, who you used to be, what you used to do, uh, all of that, the clamor, uh, that that sound that keeps 
uh, going over in your head. You keep repeating and rehearsing it over and over again. When God's trying to tell you something different, you keep hearing the old things. When God's trying to get to do something new in your life, you keep rehearsing the old things in your life. And when, when he's trying to tell you you're a new creature in him, you keep rehearsing the old man nature. The clamor of the past. That when you try to walk in newness, people pull you back into the old. <laughs> Keep you from God's presence. Matter of fact, it'll get you to a point in the place where you say, I don't even deserve to be in God's presence. <laughs> I, I don't deserve it. It's a blockade. It's a barricade. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but maybe you felt like that before in your life. You've done so much dirt. That you figured that you attract this dirt in God's presence, so you dare not even go in his presence. And then you begin to justify the means. You begin to justify why you can't go in God's presence. I got to work. I can read at home by myself. God is everywhere. Oh, you, you, you begin to justify because of your past. The clamors of the past. And watch this, even the clutter of your present time. You you, you filled your life with a bunch of stuff. Watch this, even a bunch of religious relics and duties and functions. You know, filled your life with so much stuff that you don't even feel the presence of God. You know, filled your life with so many things. You got books and books and stuff you're reading, but you're just reading for knowledge, not for presence. Ah, you're reading for head knowledge, not really for the glory of God to fill the temple. You're just really reading for your own sake and not for God's presence. You filled your life with stuff, activities and services and functions and all of this stuff. But are you really here for the presence of God? Oh, I got a ministry. Yes, you do. But are you doing this ministry for the glory and the presence of God? Or are you just doing it just for the sake of? The clutter of the present time. The clutter of the present time. House is filled with stuff, but not with presence. The house is filled with stuff, but not with presence. The house is filled, but it ain't filled with its presence. And look, you're made up and you look good. You got curb appeal. (laughs) You got curb appeal. You look good from the outside, but you toe up on the inside. Hallelujah. I was watching one of these home remodeling shows, and the people, you know how they go, and they buy a house, and then somebody come in and remodel it, and they got to the house, and they looked at it, and the house was amazing. It was immaculate from the outside. I was like, man, this is gorgeous. They got on the inside, it was just toe up. Termites and all of that kind of stuff. And, and there was mildew and mold all over the place. It looked good from the outside, but the inside. <laughs> Ask your neighbor what's happening on the inside. Ah, so there's the clutter of the present time that you have this moment so filled. Watch, watch this. Some of you can't even receive this word right now because your present moment is so cluttered with stuff that's happening to you right now. Your mind is just like, your mind is like a cat chasing after a, a, a dot on the wall. 
Why? Because of your present moment. It's filled with all kind of stuff. Uh, uh, and, and then watch this. What else will block you from the presence of God is the constraints of the future. The constraints of the future. You have limited God, as I said this morning, to a moment. And if that moment doesn't happen, and then if, if, if God doesn't move this way, if God doesn't come at this time, then, then, then I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to do nothing. Constraints of the future. God sees you bigger than where you are. Y'all not hearing me. Uh, he sees you bigger. Uh, uh, let me say it this way. If your thoughts are limited only to where you are in life, then you won't get very far in life. Oh, y'all better hear that. If your thoughts are limited only to this present moment, then you won't get very far. See, if you constrain God to a box of your thoughts of your present moment, then God can bring you into bigger places. Uh, if you only see yourself this small, if you only see yourself as grasshoppers in your own eyesight, then you won't conquer the promised land. If, if you see yourself as small, you'll never see yourself doing nothing big. Y'all quiet up in here. And, and what happens is it constrains you and holds you to a place. Watch this. Sometimes God never intended for you to stay. There are some places God want to bring you. And the place you are now is only a stopping point. Yeah. Oh, okay, y'all remember Jericho Walls, a fortified city, a very wealthy city Jericho was. But watch this. As wealthy and fortified as Jericho City was, the children of Israel conquered Jericho, but Jericho was just one of the stops along the way. Oh, y'all not hearing me. If they would have just limited themselves to Jericho, then they would have missed out on the land flowing with milk and honey. If they would have said, oh, we would have, we arrived. Look at, uh, look at us. We'd have made it, mom. We're like the Jefferson. We're moving on up. We'd have made it. Look at me, mom. I'm on top of the world. Jericho was a very fortified city. It was a major accomplishment. No one has ever conquered Jericho in its existence. And here it comes, the children of Israel, they conquered Jericho. Jericho was flowing as a fortified city, sitting on the ocean. It was a dock, a portal where all of the transient and the goods flowed through. Money came through Jericho. They could have said, oh, this is it. We made it. But it was just a stopping point. To something even bigger and better. It's only a stopping point. To something bigger and better. Somebody shout think big. You got to think bigger than where you are. And, and we see in 1 Kings chapter number 8. Then spake Solomon. The word said. That he would dwell. In the thick darkness. I have surely built thee in house to dwell in. A settled place for thee to abide in for, watch this, ever. And the king turned his face about and blessed all the congregation of Israel. And all the uh, congregation of Israel stood. He turned and he blessed them. And all of the congregation of Israel stood. Can I shout something to you? You got to learn how to stand for your blessing. You got to learn how to stand. For your blessing. 
God's presence fills the place and all of the children of Israel are now being blessed. Watch when God made room for himself. He built the house to dwell in forever. Watch to make room. Take a neighbor, make room. You got to make room. Watch this. When, when uh, you make room for God, God will make room for you. Oh, I'm going to say that again. When you make room for God, God will make room for you. Tell your neighbor, make room. And, and, and I don't know if you ever heard in Proverbs, but it says a man's gift will make room for him. And not only make room, it'll open doors and make room. You know what the greatest gift you have? The presence of God. It says Holy Spirit. That's the gift. Tell your neighbor, that's the gift. It's, it's the gift that God has given us is his Holy Spirit. He comes in and builds a house, watch this, for him to abide in forever. A, a house not made with man's hands. God wanted to make space, wanted to make room in the earth realm. So what he did was he created a house and he called it man. <laughs> did y'all catch that? God wanted to make space for himself in the earth. So he created a house not made with man's hands, but with his own hands. And he called it man. Because watch this, the earth wouldn't give him room, so he had to make room for himself. Tell your neighbor, make room. When you make room for God, God will make room for you. He'll open doors and bring you before kings and queens. But you got to make room for him so he can make room for you. Now, here's the, here's the caveat to it. When God makes room for you, don't let it get consumed with your head. <laughs> you know how people get big-headed? You know, you get a couple doors open up for you. Don't let your head take up the space. Because God opened some platforms and some opportunities and people start giving you some accolades. Oh, boy, you preach good today. Boy, it's a good thing. And now you're walking up here with your head all swollen up. Y'all quiet. Don't, don't allow the opinions or even uh, the critics of men or even the accolades of men push you into a place that God never intended you to be in. Can I slow that down for you? Just because they said it doesn't mean that God said it. Oh, you ought to preach. No, you no, no, that's not what God said. You were to exhort in that moment. You are an exhorter, not a preacher. Just because you can make cupcakes don't mean you should be a baker. Yeah. Hello? Oh, you should open your own business. No, you shouldn't. Oh, okay. Because you don't know how to run a business. Now you're frustrated because the business shut down because you didn't know nothing about QuickBooks or uh, you ain't know none of that. You ain't know nothing about profit and loss and all of this stuff. And now you're stressed out trying to run something God never intended you to run. Maybe he gave you a bacon ministry to be a blessing to the ministry. Just to bless people. I don't want to hear it. 
Well, that's my desire, but was it God's desire for your life? Was it God's desire for your life? Was it his will or your will? Was it what you wanted or was it what he wanted for you? Because God will never do nothing in your life that he cannot be a part of. God will never do anything in your life that he cannot be a part of. Because uh, then we'll end up desiring to do something that God never intended to do, nor is he a part of. But then we go back to God and ask God to bless it. Tell your neighbor, make room. You got to learn to make room in your heart and space for God so God can speak and pour out his desires in your heart. Tell your neighbor again, make room. My question to you this morning, is there room in your heart for Jesus? Is there room in your agenda? Is there room in your plans for God? Or have you formulated your own life and decided what you wanted your life to be? I know so many people who have gone on to uh, and desire to be so many things. And then once they get to that place, they have realized that was never their assignment. They have exhausted a lot of funds and a lot of things to to acquire degrees and all of these things to do something in life that God never intended for them to do. We call it, watch this, a midlife crisis. Spent 30 years in a career and then all of a sudden decided to do something else. Change, go back to school after 40 years, 50 years on the job, go back to school. You know why? It's because that was something in their life they chose to do, but it wasn't what God chose for them. Y'all better hear me. But when you make room and space for God, when God is the navigator of your soul, when God is the captain of the ship, Oh, we say, take the wheel, Jesus, and uh, we, we give him the wheel, but we co-polish with, 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 uh, uh, co with a loud voice telling him which way to go. Oh, we want him to have the wheel, but we still want to be the navigator. Oh, I'll never do that. I've heard people say that. I'll, I'll never go to Africa and missions and all of that. I'll never tell God never. Y'all quiet. I'll never do that. Really? Is that your desire or God's? Because you'll find very quickly that when God has a will for you to do, you won't have a will to do nothing else. And even if you got to go kicking and screaming, he'll close some doors. He'll shut some doors. He'll cancel some things in your life. He'll box you in to where you ain't got no other where place to go. Y'all better hear Jonah for a second. I don't want to go to Nineveh. Okay, you don't want you going to go to Tarshish? No problem. Get in this belly. Where you going to go now? Well, it's not my desire, God, to preach the gospel to Nineveh. Oh, really? Guess where you're going? I'm booking you a flight to Nineveh. But I don't want to go No problem. You're still going. 
See, see, when you make room for God, God will make room. And he'll take you to places where he desires you to be. And that place may not be desirable unto you, but it's pleasing unto God. So the question is, are you trying to uh, please yourself, appease yourself, or are you trying to please God? Or are you trying to please your flesh, or you want to be pleasing to the God whom you serve? I want to be pleasing to God. I want to be pleasing to God. Even in the tough things, the things that I don't want to do, God, I just want to please you. Even in those moments where, God, I don't want to go that way, but if you say go, I'm going. God, even if you say go to those people, and I, I don't really don't want to go to those people, but God, I'm going to go anyway. I want to go where you want me to go. And I want to do what you want me to do. Even when I don't feel like doing it. See, that's what happens when you make space for God, because if you don't, what happens is you remain as a flower in a pot and your growth is stunted. See, a flower pot is limited by its growth. Just like a circle of friends, they can limit your growth. The wrong circle of friends can limit one's thinking. So in this season, I want you to be careful to make sure that your circle is right. I know you got some desires and some things you want to do, but you got to have the right people in your life in this season. And I know we're part of this cancel culture that want to cancel everybody and all, all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying check your circle. Check your circle. Check your circle. Because watch this. You cannot have circle conversations with linear people. I think I heard Bishop Jake say that. You, you can't have circle conversations with linear people. People who only see lines instead of circles. So in this season, if you want your desires to manifest, make sure that your desires have space for God. You made space for God. Because it's in that space God's going to fill your heart with all the desires. And whatever God provides or whatever he places he will provide for whatever he places he will provide so if it's that new house and God placed that desire there he's going to make provision for it if, if it's that car that house whatever it is, if it's healing whatever it is if you say God is this your will for me and the moment he says it then he's going to make way for provision for it to happen but you got to make room. Tell your neighbor, make room. If you would, bow your heads with me all over this place. Because I believe God is making room. He's making room for you. He's beginning to open doors for your life. There's opportunities coming your way. There's doors opening unto you. He's making room. Father, now in the name of Jesus, I declare all over this place, as we make space for you today, God, space to have your way, space to do it your way, space, Lord God, to do what only you can do. We make space for you, God. 
We clean out the clutter, God. We, we calm down the clamor of the past, God. We remove the constraints, God. God, we make room for your presence. Have thine way in this place. Free the captive. Loose the weary soul. Refresh those, God, who have grown weary. Do it now, God. God, we put away our own desires. The things that we hope and desire for outside of you, God, we throw them away. We only want what you want for us. We only want, God, what you desire for us. We ask that you do it now, Father. Do it in this moment. Let us not miss this opportunity, God, for a manifest glory presence. Let us not miss it. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. And God, we give you praise. All of this begins at this moment. For those of you here with your heads bowed. It all begins with you making space for Jesus to come in. If you're here today in the pardon of your sins, whether you're in the sanctuary or whether you're online today. And your life has been filled with clutter and clamor and constraints. Today, I'm encouraging you to make space for make space for his presence if you're here in the sanctuary you would say uh, I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior but and maybe you have but you have backslidden and you allowed the past and the stains of the past to come into your life or even the past pains of your life to fill your heart and your mind and there's no room for God because you keep rehearsing the problems and the pain and all of the issues of life the vicissitudes of life and God says I'm trying to speak but you keep talking about this old stuff Make room for me. Make room for me. If that's you today, God is reaching out to you today to clear out the space to make room for him. That's you in the pardon of your sins, backslid. You want to get it right if that's you. Would you lift your hand in the air today? Want to renew your relationship with Jesus Christ today? If that's you today, lift your hand in the air. If you're online, you can also hashtag in the box free. Make a comment below today. If that's you, anyone. Thank you, Father. Saints of praying want to renew your commitment to Jesus Christ that's you thank you father God we give you praise God we give you glory and God we give you praise we thank you father amen if you're here today and you don't have a church home and the spirit of the Lord has spoken to your heart that's you today you need to connect whether you're a first time guest or even online you can simply text the word JOIN to 225-361-2016. If you're in the sanctuary today, you can lift your hand. If you don't have a church home, but God, by his spirit, is calling you to be a part of Elevate Church today. If that's you, lift your hand in there. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. And God, we give you glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God, we thank you. And God, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. As we prepare ourselves to take communion on this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. As we prepare ourselves to take communion, all standing, if you would, all over the place.
And if you would, starting from the rear of my left and the rear of my right on your side, facing the wall, the outer wall, starting from the rear, my right, your left, your left, my right. Would you come and receive your communion on this morning? God, we bless you and thank you. God, we give you glory. Today, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. would go to the Lord in your private prayer closet asking him to forgive you of sins knowingly and unknowingly. 